details of my life are quite inconsequential. Read my lips. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1d4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus five holy avenger. And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public, no more secrecy. That's a commitment I make to you as president. The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others and is in need of treatment. Some people are just too stubborn to know when to quit. And this guy just happens to be one of them. He's been beaten down repeatedly by God's practical jokes. He's been banished to the deepest, darkest corners of the internet. From somewhere in desert Urbania, this is Michael Groff in Exile. I sure am glad they had their big summit today. I'm glad that we're getting the real bipartisanism going in this country that, you know, we were we were really expecting to happen. After that little powwow today. What a show that was. Took them half the day just to get into any sort of substantive conversation. And then when they did, it was just... Well, uh, I guess we're going to just have to agree to disagree. And since we're in the majority party, we're just going to use our uh, 51 vote majority rule that we can institute. No filibusters. And we'll just attach it to a budget. And uh, Republicans, you lose. Thank you for playing. I guess their theory is they're just going to let the voters decide in November who ultimately was right in this mess. Uh, I have a feeling I know who's going to lose that. Everybody. All right, welcome in. It's another edition of Michael Graff in Exile for a Thursday, February 25th, 2010. Email address and our PayPal address also for your most generous donations. Mike at KMGX.com. That would be it. AOL Instant Messenger, Michael Graff Show, the screen name. EFNet IRC, the channel net radio. You can join us there. All of other other contact information and a whole hell of a lot more available at MichaelGraff.com. Aside from that, there's there's a lot of other stuff I want to talk about. I, I don't even want to get into the Obama stuff because, really, it was just a dog and pony show. It was just a bunch of uh, crap. And listen, I uh, I caught a lot of it today. I was listening to some of this. And uh, while I was sorting through other various uh, pieces of audio and video this afternoon, I did check out a little of it. 
It didn't look like anything uh, anything other than what we expected. And the reaction in the blogosphere, in the bozosphere, as I call it, the reaction was pretty much as you would expect. Democrats were saying their same old talking points about how Republicans just aren't bringing anything to the table and they're not cooperating and that their plan uh, doesn't work for health care. And the Republicans were just saying that the Democrats are just going to do whatever they're going to do anyway and we're not really included in the talks, which is true. And uh, that was it. Nothing new was learned or realized in all of this today. And this is the change that we were promised. Seems very changely to me, doesn't it? It's rich with changely goodness. stuff happening though uh, we have the Michael Grav show stupid news file we're gonna get you that and I have uh, a bit of friendly advice to anybody that plans on engaging in a drag race or engaging in any kind of racing uh, late at night best that you probably not turn off veer off from your racing course and uh, go into an Air Force base and probably a good idea that then you not continue to drive as quickly as possible and ram through another gate in that Air Force base because what winds up happening is somebody ends up dead. Because usually when you enter an Air Force base, just so you know, that's sort of like military ground, uh, you're probably going to get shot. You know, unauthorized personnel entering an Air Force base in the middle of the night, crashing through a gate in a truck or a car, whatever. Uh, that's that's going to get you shot. That happened over here at uh, Luke Air Force Base a couple of days ago. And how, what's that, Jeff? How do you do that? I mean, how do you not know where the base well, is? Well, uh, I, I, listen, uh, I think there was alcohol involved. I don't know all of the details on this. I, uh, I was going to talk about it yesterday, but then I, I don't know. All right, so uh, there's that. We have uh, ESPN is going suspension crazy. It's not been a very good week for ESPN. ESPN's had some problems, but they've had to suspend a couple of guys on their network because they made some really outrageous comments. And I mean, uh, this is stuff that uh, not only should they have been fired, but I think public flogging, perhaps stoning. Maybe they should have just been executed because these were just some of the most horrible, awful comments I have ever heard. I can't believe that a human being actually said, oh, wait, no, they actually weren't. They were completely innocuous comments. But ESPN, uh, I guess the people at ESPN are a bunch of pusses. I guess. I, I, that's, that's the only thing I can figure out. Well, actually, I do have a, uh, a sound... A sound reason for it. We'll we'll talk about that coming up in just a few minutes. Ugh, it's really unbelievable. And then um, Toyota. This is other news, and this is something I I haven't really laid this out for you, but I I was I've really been watching this very intently. So Toyota, they've had a rough year. I think they've had a little bit rougher than ESPN. Toyota is having uh, well, they they've had the this massive recall. Uh, they've had a little problem, among other things, with their cars just suddenly accelerating. 
And so, you know, that's that's not even news anymore. That's still, that's old news. Uh, they've had uh, a little issue because several years ago, there was apparently some bribes to the government, allegedly, uh, which sort of uh, got them to stop a, uh, a recall back then. Uh, there was uh, a lot of other things. So there, there's, Toyota has some problems, but now the government is grilling them. Now uh, they are appearing before before a panel and uh, listen, uh, they are just being raked over the coals very vigorously, I might add. So the question I've been wondering is, boy, why is the government all of a sudden, and I know it's an election year, but why is the government all of a sudden just ripping into Toyota so fervently? And then my own question was answered when I remembered that, oh yeah, our government has decided to invest in GM. Yes, we are now, you and I, the taxpayers of this country are essentially, um, shareholders in GM, except the only difference is you and I don't get any of the profits. You and I don't see any of the benefit, but luckily the government does. So why then wouldn't the government want to go after one of their competitors who's having a problem right now? Now, of course, the non-cynical members of the audience that are out there, the two of you that may exist, you probably sit there and say, well, Mike, gee, I mean, this is a serious problem and worthy of a government investigation. If there ever was a situation that called for the government to crack down, wouldn't this be it, especially if some of those other allegations are true about the business practices of Toyota? And I say, yes, indeed. But we've seen other auto manufacturers have recalls in the past. We've seen other problems with, uh, with toy manufacturers and we, we've seen all sorts of other problems before that have had similar outcomes. I mean, remember the, the cyanide scandal with what was it, Tylenol back in the 80s? I mean, th those people weren't called before a, a government, like a, a subcommittee. So my question is then why such a fervent investigation by the, by the United States government, why such a vigorous showing of, of balls, yes, on the part of the United States government? Well, because they're in competition. This is the problem that you have when the government gets involved in the private sector, when the government starts owning pieces of businesses. Gee, I can't see what the possible conflict of interest here might be. What's next? Um, well, you know, we we really, we think Hyundai may have a problem. Their cars are just selling too well. So, uh, no, you know, I'm sure, and here's the problem. You know, a lot of people say, well, uh, this will help the American manufacturers. Well, here's the problem, though. Toyota is made... Here in the United States, we have five manufacturers. We have five big plants for Toyota here in the United States. I know one is in San Antonio. Another one's in Indiana. One is in Louisville, Kentucky. One's in Alabama. And I think the other one's in California. And uh, well, I know that some of them are, are closing for either a period of a week, anywhere from a week to until further notice. Obviously, because demand is weighed down for Toyota right about now. So there's uh, clearly the demand is going down. So, but the, still the point is, is that Toyota is just as American as GM in the sense that 
the cars that you buy off a lot from Toyota, like if you go to Camelback Toyota over here, you're buying an American manufactured or you're buying American labor is what you're doing. So this idea that, well, it's just, we're just, you know, at least uh, we're not giving the Japs any more money. Well, that's great. And, you know, Jethro, you, you're free to crawl back under your rock and everything. But uh, I hate to tell you, uh, they're just as American as Ford, basically. And since the government owns part of GM and part of Ford, that means since China owns most of our debt, China technically owns GM and Ford. <laughs> I mean, really, a Japanese owned company that manufactures its product in the United States is competing against an American company that's owned by the Chinese partially. Wow, follow that one. All right, um, so it's just one of my theories, but I, this is, again, this is the problem that you have when you get the private sector um, being owned by the government. And the Democrats want more of this. They want the health care owned by the government and they want insurance companies run by the government. No, I, I can't see any possible conflicts of interest. I don't see any problems with this at all. I think this is a great idea. That way we can completely stifle competition and we can just have a monopoly on everything. But it's a government-run monopoly, so that means it's not really a monopoly. Monopolies only exist when private corporations dominate the market not when a government dominates the market that's called well that's that's called a democracy that's called I, I i think that's actually called a totalitarian government i think that's actually called fascism but what do i know really all right so there's uh, there's obviously that to get into and uh, there's there's other stuff too we, we've got uh, we've got a smorgasbord of topics really an array of things to uh, get into. All right, Mike at KMGX.com. That's our email address. Want to get in touch with the show? Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. And just so you know, Mike at KMGX.com, that is our PayPal address. Just throwing it out there. I do that uh, from time to time just because I, well, I don't really want you to forget um, because, you know, maybe, uh, maybe I can... Hit you up for a donation. Uh, tomorrow on the show, uh, we uh, I, I have to mention this. This is a little bit of a interesting news. This is something that we haven't tried yet. Well, we've we've tried it in a sense, but this is a a, a different sort of experiment that we're doing tomorrow. Um, tomorrow uh, I'm bringing on a uh, we're, we're having a, a co-host. Not that Jeff's not a co-host who's who's on here, and we've had other co-hosts, but this is. This is a little bit of a different situation. We're going to link up uh, somebody for tomorrow's show. This is a surprise guest. So uh, we'll do that. I think it'll uh, work out. And even if it doesn't, maybe it'll be entertaining. That's really all that matters. I Listen, you know, I don't care as long as we have some halfway decent radio. Yeah. But I better be careful what I say. You know, wouldn't want to get suspended. <clears throat> My God. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to play these clips of um, 
these two shows, these two guys that got suspended from ESPN radio. We've got to play that after the break. That's just, um, that's too much. All right, break time. We'll be back. It's Michael Graff in exile on a Thursday. Michael Graff in exile on a Thursday, February 25th, 2010. MichaelGraff.com for all of our contact information. Email address Mike at KMGX.com for more instantaneous contact with me. Always um, just uh, go ahead and uh, show up at my house naked. You're uh, you know, check. Or, you know, you could just use AOL Instant Messenger and uh, hit it up over there. Michael Groff Show. I'm, uh, sometimes I get accused of being one-sided and I'm only attacking the Democrats. So uh, let me let me redirect my cone of anger here uh, at... Boy. I'm glad that... Uh, I'm glad that John McCain has decided that he has a new enemy. Well, we do actually have some bipartisanism going on in the Senate. This is good news because I was afraid that we weren't going to have any bipartisan relations here in the Senate. I was afraid that um, all that talk that Barack Obama was giving and um, all the uh, all the feel good stuff that everybody had been talking about with uh, with regard to uh, bipartisanism. I, I was afraid that it was all crap. By the way, I just made the adjustment on the microphone. There we go. I, I sound much better now, at least louder and louder is better. Anyway, um, so we have finally have some bipartisanism. Here's what happened. Um, John McCain, of, of course, our own esteemed senator from uh, Arizona, teamed up with Byron Dorgan, 
the Democrat senator from North Dakota, and they managed to go after that. I'm, I was waiting for this. Damn. I was wondering when finally somebody was going to go after this enemy. Well, I'm sure many of you were, uh, were wondering when somebody was going to crack down on those horrible supplements, those natural supplements that are out there in stores. You know, like fish oils and, uh, and, and vitamins. Well, I'm glad somebody's going after the B12, big B12. Well, we, heard, we hear about big pharma. I'm glad somebody's going after big vitamin C and big, and big potassium because that is something that really everybody should be going after. Are, are you serious with this? John McCain and Byron Dorgan have authored this legislation that gives the FDA the, the ability, the authority to just decide whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it with natural supplements. Let's not forget that this is the same FDA that has backed drugs that have significant side effects. Remember ephedrine? Remember all that? Remember how they backed uh, they back all these different pills like Propecia, which gives you uh, warnings about pregnant women shouldn't even handle the drug as it may cause serious birth defects and side effects. This is the same Food and Drug Administration that is promoting all kinds of drugs, all kinds of pharmaceuticals with all kinds of terrible side effects. And you know, listen, I'm not one of these nuts that comes on the air and goes... All right, everybody, here I am wearing my tinfoil hat, and uh, I only think that you should take uh, pharmaceuticals. Uh, if you have ringing in your ears, if you have tinnitus, just take Ring Stop. It's available at your high health store or whatever. If you have, uh, if you have cancer, it's, uh, it's cancer be gone. Rub it on and the cancer's all gone. No, I'm not for that, okay? I'm not just saying, there are certain pharmaceuticals. Listen, I take some pharmaceuticals. I take this Advair, all right? And I know that there's, there's uh, some side effects. There could be a heart disease. If you have any kind of heart problems at all, uh, you better not be taking Advair because you're screwed. And uh, uh, Jeff, chime in. What's up? Yeah, you want to know the funny thing about Advair? Because I take it too. Yeah. I got prescribed that stuff the first time was like, I don't know, eight, nine years ago before they started putting the commercials on that says, oh, yeah, this stuff causes heart problems and blah, blah, blah. And, hey, it's an asthma medication that increases the risk of asthma-related death. And <laughs> You know, none of this stuff was even told to me by the doctor because they didn't even know about it because they pushed the crap out too fast. Right. They just wanted to put it out there. And now doctors, there's many doctors that say that Advair is one of their biggest, uh, it's, it's one of their biggest no-no drugs. It's one of those things. Uh, many doctors, um, it's one of the top drugs that they feel is the most dangerous. And yet here we are. We're just, we're sitting here willy-nilly just uh, sucking this crap in like a, like a $3 whore. I mean, it worked for, like, when I first got prescribed it, the first three months, dude, I didn't need my rescue inhaler at all. And now, yeah. apparently, I've built up a resistance. Cause yeah, apparently. I'm <laughs> on the maximum dose you can possibly be on, the yeah. 500 slash 50. That's what I was on, too. And, uh, yeah, apparently, I don't know, I, maybe I'm building up a resistance or something, or maybe just my asthma sucks, or I have no idea. 
maybe yeah, it's just another universal conspiracy against me. I don't know what it is, but I, I'm still kind of like, whatever. I, I still have uh, issues with my rescue inhaler I have to use from time to time. All right. Anyway, so that's uh, that's the deal with um, that's the deal with um, Advair with the pharmaceuticals. So John McCain and Byron Dorgan, they're going after the evil natural supplements. They're going after big vitamins. Really? So, uh, well, this is this would be the bipartisan health care legislation that we were all clamoring for, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we're going to put this, we're going to put the handling of natural supplements into the hands of the FDA. You know, the same FDA that's funded by who? The House. The same House that gets uh, a lot of their members are receiving campaign contributions from pharmaceutical companies. Gee, what do you think the FDA is going to say about fish oil? Well, you know, this fish oil, this... Uh, this could lead to, uh, turning into a fish. This could lead to your bowels. Your bowels might spontaneously combust. Have you ever had a bowel just spontaneously combust on you? And I don't mean after you eat too much Taco Bell. Ha 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 ha. I'm sure they're going to come up with something. Or these uh, natural supplements, they're going to they're gonna have to ration those out like they do Sudafed. I'm sorry, sir. If you want vitamin B, uh, you're going to have to provide us with some ID. We only, we only keep a certain amount behind the counter, and uh, we're only rationing out 10 milligrams of vitamin B. Yeah. Or you have to get a vitamin B shot. And how much is that going to be? $600. Because now it's being handled by the FDA. And, and believe me, the government, they just want to help you. This is, again, this is government health care stepping in. The government is getting involved. Can you imagine what's going to happen when they start running health care? These are the same, same nudniks that want to run the health care biz. And they're not even trusting you to be able to take natural supplements. You can't even self-medicate anymore. They want you to take the pharmaceutical equivalents. Sorry if I'm sounding a bit like a conspiratorialist nut here, but this... If, if somebody is attacking the pharmaceutical or the, um, the natural supplements section, now normally, again, I'm not even necessarily a, a, an advocate or proponent of natural supplements. I don't think you can take fish oil and remove your headache, okay? But who's to say that you can't? Even if it's a placebo, if the patient feels better, isn't that really what counts? Isn't that their option? Don't they get the choice of whether or not they get to feel better? No, uh, you have to take the pharmaceutical. And you have to take the more expensive alternative to the pharmaceutical. You know what happened? I'll tell you, this is, this is just how underhanded, and this is, I guess it's anecdotal evidence, but I, this is just sort of how underhanded sort of the, the drug biz is. You know, um, you know, albuterol is a is an asthma medication. Recently, uh, they switched people from albuterol. Uh, most people that used albuterol, they switched that to the this uh, Proair HFA. It's supposedly a more environmentally friendly inhaler. I never thought that inhalers would be not environmentally friendly, seeing as how whatever it puts out, you're breathing directly into your lungs. I don't understand how that's harmful to the environment, but. 
you know, they might use some CFCs. And whatever doesn't go into your lungs, it might escape into the atmosphere, even though it's heavier than oxygen itself, so it would never get up to the upper atmosphere to deplete the ozone layer in the first place. But don't let physics get in the way of a good uh, BS story. So in this case, uh, you, you, you inhale some of this, you, you take in some of this crap into your lungs, and, you know, you feel better, but apparently that's not good enough, so they had to go with an environmentally friendly inhaler. This is the environmentalist nut jobs getting in there. And it doesn't spray as hard, so you have to use more of it, and the canister is smaller, so you're actually getting less of a dose, so it's a double whammy of screw. Oh, and here's the best part, because it's environmentally friendly and because they have to go through more process, they have to go through a harder process to make it, guess what? It's more expensive. You know, with my insurance, I paid $38.40 for, for a, for a uh, albuterol or for the uh, Pro Air inhaler now. I used to pay $10 for the albuterol. Now, this is, again, an example of how environmentalist nut jobs, typically on the left, and morons on the right, John McCain, who want to get involved and, and they want to shut down any kind of alternatives and they, 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 get, uh, they get their hands into this because somebody, I'm sure, somebody from a pharmaceutical company finances their campaign and says, hey, by the way, uh, you know, way too many people are, are trying to get better and they're not using our drugs to do it. So, you know, if, if maybe, if maybe wink, wink, nod, nod, nudge, nudge, money, money, if maybe you could help us, you know, uh, play a little ball, maybe we could make a, a little, uh, contribution. And by that, what I mean is we're going to give you money if you do what we want you to do. There. I don't think it could be any simpler than that. Pharmaceutical companies. This is great. Again, I'm all about capitalism. I don't think I should have to defend myself on this point. I'm fine. I'm not totally against the pharmaceutical companies. I'm not one of these people that comes on the air and goes, how dare a pharmaceutical company make a profit? How dare somebody have a product that they invented and then suddenly make a profit on it? I mean, that is just evil. How dare somebody use the incentive of making a living to make people better? They should just do it out of the goodness of their hearts. Well, that's very utopian, but that's not realistic. So I understand that a pharmaceutical company needs to make money. My problem is a pharmaceutical company doesn't necessarily need to use the government as their puppet to push competition out. John McCain, way to go. Right now, I, I can tell you uh, in this state, John McCain, he is, uh, he's being challenged by a Republican. He's being challenged by uh, former Congressman J.D. Hayworth for his seat and this if there's not a, a better argument for me to go vote for jd hayworth listen i know jd hayworth's kind of a blowhard and i understand that you know he does things that i don't agree with as, as well but uh this is just i mean if mccain fine gold and then mccain trying to get involved in online gambling and mccain getting his hands uh, all over uh the the First Amendment and the 14th Amendment. And, 
And then he's talking about global warming and that he wants some legislation done about global warming. You think this guy is really all that conservative? You think John McCain is really all that? Oh, yeah, because he's against uh, uh, abortion. That means he's conservative. Okay. Yeah, you find one issue or one and a half issues that maybe he's he's conservative on. Therefore, he's conservative. No, that doesn't work with me. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. Remember how he was for that amnesty bill? I just want to remind the people of Arizona, especially, how he was for the amnesty bill. You know, um, maybe he's not necessarily the best choice to continue in the Senate. He was part of the problem. Oh, but yeah, that's right. John McCain was fighting against all that spending that's, that was going on. No, as it turns out, no, he was part of that problem, too. Uh, all right. So uh, I, I thought I'd just point that out. John McCain going after everybody's enemy, uh, vitamins. <laughs> Can you believe it? Yeah. You know, picture this like a dark alley, you know, real late at night. And all of a sudden, you shady character walks up to another one to hand off some cash. What you got? Oh, I got some fish oil and some uh, some vitamin C. What you need, baby? I got what you need. You know, it's going to be like that. Hey, man, I got what you need, I see. It's just going to be like... I got vitamin B. A, I got some beta carotene, holes. <laughs> you're going to start a freaking drug trade for vitamins. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Holmes, hey, I got... Hey, dude, you know, that's... I got special K. Everybody stock up. You could have, like, a small fortune in a few years. I, I got a bag of... Or a bottle of vitamins in my bag right now. A special K, Holmes. You mean quaaludes? No, <laughs> I say. That is the chemical symbol for potassium, I say. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Who needs quaaludes or ketamine, man? Who needs any of them? Man, I got an even better stuff than that, Holmes. <laughs> I got zinc, man. <laughs> It'll make you feel good. I got zinc extra. I got amino acids, essay. I got hyaluronic acid. Well, couldn't you buy that? You can't buy this anymore at the high health, too. They closed that down, essay. The man won't let you have your hyaluronic acid, Holmes. So will that affect, like, those, uh, you know, <laughs> like those, those powders and stuff for, um, you know, weightlifting and stuff like that? Like those... Yeah, like creatine... Eh, so well, you can't get the creatine anymore, I say. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, no, I mean, like, just the protein shakes and stuff. Are you not allowed to... I, I, to you know, I don't know if that's if that's going to be affected by all this. Protein? You want protein, man? You, the only way you're... Yeah, you better go eat a steak, Holmes. You better eat five steaks to get the same amount of protein you would have got it from one of these pills, I say. Uh, it's just retarded. Yeah, I can just see it. The, uh, the, the ATF Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms... Is gonna come in and uh, and, and seize the ATFs, yeah, <laughs> and supplements, and vitamins. <sighs> they're gonna they're gonna bust in your house. All right, where's the vitamin C? I only have one bottle. Where's the vitamin C? It's in my orange juice. Please don't take my orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody down! This is rude. Oh my God, he's got orange juice. Somebody goes into a school cafeteria. A bunch of people have orange juice. A bunch of kids have orange juice. <laughs> A guy is, uh, some grandma's making lemonade. <laughs> You've been manufacturing the stuff, haven't you, ma'am? Well, that's just what the you, lemonade that I've been making. Yeah, what you been cooking in here? I knew it. A, a juicer. <laughs> <laughs> this is contraband. We got to take this out of here. You're under arrest.
or just by John McCain, ma'am. Sorry. I got I got these uh, I got these miracle pills, dude. It's vitamin C. I, I I really don't understand the thinking, and maybe it's because I haven't been dropped in my head or anything. But why would why is this even an issue? Uh, yeah. I mean, I just I I don't even. Let's see. All ingredients contained in each supplement would have to be disclosed at the time that the company registers all of its manufactured, packaged, uh, held, and distributed, labeled, or licensed. So in other words, let's see. So products with the FDA, they'd have to list all of the ingredients. They'd have to have any warnings. They'd probably have to have a whole bunch of warnings, I'm sure. Surgeon General warning. Uh, by taking vitamin C, you might get healthy. Well, I mean, if uh, it's harmful side effects, including if you take too much, it just comes out in your poop. <laughs> if if it's the stuff like, uh, you know, like that hydroxy cut or all those things you see on the infomercials. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily have a problem with them listing the ingredients. No. And the thing is, I don't even mind, you know, insisting that people have truth in advertising when you have, you know, some some of that crap. I mean, I, you know, um. We, I used to listen to those uh, Sunday morning infomercials on the radio. and they, I mean, they'd make some outrageous claims about fish oil, about how it prevents cancer and things. And you, unless you really have some research to really certify this by accredited universities, not, you know, Bob's Medical Academy <laughs> in Taos, New Mexico. You know, I mean, you've got to have you've got to have some kind of legitimate uh, research here. But OK, but we already have laws like that. Yeah. No. I don't need John McCain to tell me that I can't take my omega fish oils anymore. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it's just bad all around. Yeah. All right. Now, this is great. Uh, Scott Van Pelt. I don't know if you know who this is, but Scott Van Pelt is uh, he's a um, well, he's an anchor on ESPN, but he also has a show on ESPN radio. <laughs> He apparently made some just brutally horrifying comments about Bud Selig, which got him suspended for a couple of days. Now, I'm going to play you these. Now, I, I hope, listen, if there's small children in the room, um, you better, you better like make sure they're a mile away because this, in fact, anybody under 21 shouldn't hear these comments. This is, this is too you might just want to, you know, kill them so they don't ever have to hear this. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, yeah. That's the best course. Of you action. may have to gouge your own ears out after you hear this. This is so salacious. I don't know if I should even play it, but I'm going to be a rebel and do it. So ESPN suspended this guy. He made some comments about, uh, you know, MLB Commissioner Bud Selig. And I want, and th listen, this is a long clip. I don't know how long I'm going to stick with it. But... Um, in this, in this clip that I'm going to play, see if you can find the comment that got him suspended. Because I listened to this about three times and I couldn't find it. But apparently there was something bad that Scott Van Pelt said in here that earned him a suspension by ESPN. Well, I guess we know what the P in ESPN stands for now, don't we? I guess the E stands for estrogen. Estrogen Sports Puss Network. Here's Scott Van Pelt's But comments. I want to get to uh, the story that, that I saw yesterday, and I must admit, my first reaction 
when I heard Bud Seeley got paid more than 18 million bucks in 2007 was to choke on my vomit. I think I, think I puked in my mouth a little bit. Yeah. Now, that man, the man came on this show, and he could not have been any nicer. Said he listened to the show, which makes it a little awkward for me to have to say this. We'll hope that the commission is, is listening to something else today. But when you think of Bud Seelig, what do you think of? Like, what's the picture you have in your mind? I'm pretty sure the word pimp and Bud Seelig were used in the sentence for the first time just moments ago. But I, I see a guy that looks like a computer programmer or a, a substitute teacher or a government worker in some form of a brown suit or, or a tweed sports jacket. It just I haven't heard anything at all uh, inaccurate, number one, no, or, exactly. or even remotely um, terrible. But apparently that's part of the comment that got him suspended because he said he dared to say that the guy looks like a nerd. But <gasps> Selig does look like a nerd. He looks like Bill Gates' twin brother almost. He does. He, Bud Selig is is like, first of all, when you think of, of Major League Baseball, I mean, these are professional athletes. When you look at Bud Selig, the last thing you would think of is professional athlete. Bud Selig looks like the guy that got beat up by the baseball players in <laughs> yeah, high school. Exactly. You know? Anyway, he was the, it uh, just the seems like caddy. was that he said he was the bat caddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sh he probably had bats shoved up his ass when he was a kid. I mean, I can't imagine. Wait, I'm not going to get suspended for that, am I? Oh, uh, you might might get suspended. Oh, my God. A ton of money for a man that isn't exactly dripping charisma. By the way, Scott Van Pelt said that, you know, he's he can't believe that Bud Selig is getting $18.5 million a year, and uh, I can't either. Uh, no kidding. That's more money than any other commissioner in any other sport. That's more than Roger Goodell and David Stern. Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the NHL. He gets 10 cents a year. Yeah, he gets the point one of the, uh, or the, the he gets the point five of the $18.5 million. Doesn't even get that. They pay they pay Gary Bettman in Molson Ice, <laughs> and on Christmas he gets some PBR. Yeah, you get you know, or, or Labatt Blue. Those are all horrible, by the way. Or Alexander Keith, or one of those other Canadian beers. And who many point the finger at uh, as being responsible for baseball steroids, baseball's uh, steroid bloated past, if not responsible, at least complicit in it for for looking the other way. That's another thing that uh, seems to be a fairly accurate statement. Bud Selig has been the commissioner for the last 15 years, and uh, he, was the, he was the sitting commissioner when the Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa thing all went on and when everybody was juicing up. Again, so far, no comments that would warrant a suspension. Let's see if there's anything else. But on the other hand, if you look at the last two years, baseball has had its highest attendances ever. Not this past season, but the season before, all-time record, over 79 million. Last year was, was a little less than a million off from the 79 million in change in 2007. The year so now he's paying him a compliment. Months. Now, when you consider that gas costs last summer were the highest they've ever been. What was gas around here? Four, what was it? 420? I don't remember. It's 450? I mean, I, I have a big old honking SUV, and I can just remember that you you put your card in, and it only approves it up to like 75 bucks, and I couldn't fill my tank. It's a disaster. I mean, you all know the drill wherever you live around the country. And then, you know, the, the bottom fell out of the market.
That was sort of late in the baseball season. But when you consider that if your discretionary income was maybe taxed or squeezed last year, it was tough to go out to the ballpark, didn't you know, I'll just sit at home and watch it on TV. I think it's pretty remarkable that the last two years baseball's done this well. Now, I don't know if you give all the credit to him, but I think you have to give the man the nod there for something. So you paid some a compliment to Bud Selig. Uh, I, maybe that's a suspension. But it's just comical to think that in 2007 he made more than all but apparently four players, and they're all Yankees. Imagine that. Red Sox fans are like, see? See? Yeah, you got the second highest payroll, fella. It was Jeter, A-Rod, Giambi, and Clemens. And again, just to tie it all back around to the top with some of the issues that have occurred on Selig's watch, Giambi and Clemens both linked to steroids. Giambi admitting it and moving on. And uh, Clemens denying it and people misremembered. And as we mentioned a little earlier, the McNamee story that supposedly there are needles that have his DNA on it. That's all espionage, cloak and dagger, you know, like a movie. But just the question I have about Selig is, what's the man most known for? And in my opinion, it's I, I just I see him sitting at the All Star game thinking, what are we going to do? In Milwaukee, in his stadium, they tie a tie in the All Star game. Then there's this year's All Star game where what was it? Who was it? David Wright that said he was going to pitch. And then they. They made the winner of the All-Star game get home field advantage, which is one of the dumbest rules in sports. That and college overtime. I, I waffle on which is a dumber rule. And then there's the steroid issue. And then there's uh, Chris Motram of the Sporting News blog who, who, who said of, uh, of Seelig that he just sort of invents new rules as he goes along like he did last year in the World Series with the whole rain out. We're just going to say, no, 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 we're going to suspend things. Best interest of baseball. So the, 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 the list of, of accomplishments doesn't feel like, like I look at David Stern, and David Stern apparently is in the $10 million range. Goodell supposedly around the $11 million range. And it just, it's, a, it's surprising, I guess, to me is the, is the only word I can choose, to find that, that Selig, who is not nearly in the same sort of category perception-wise as a guy, as like David Stern is just, you know, the palaver and, the, the, you know, he uses, he, he, he almost treats people with, like, it's, disdain's not the right word, but it's almost like he's just, he's so far above you that he's in, like, an advanced life form. And he's done a hell of a job lording over the NBA. Goodell, same type of deal. I mean, he comes in, new sheriff in town, Pac-Man screws up, you're out for the year, and he just seems like a guy you wouldn't want to cross paths with. And again, I look at Bud Selig, and I just think if I went in his house, it, it, like there'd be plastic on the sofas, and it would smell bad. <laughs> and that's just that's that's all. I'm sorry to admit that, but it's just I, I that's what I see. And then what you realize is, no, no, no. If you went in his house, he'd have a nice house, man. Eighteen million in a year, and a remarkably wealthy dude. And I don't know. It just struck me as I'm not often stunned by much, but when I when I read that number, and I, I realized that he's doubling up almost. The Stearns and Goodells of the world. I don't know. Yeah. What's he going to make next year? Well, he, that was only for 2007. I can't wait to find out what the guy is. Is he going to top 20? 2008? Bud Selig, pimp, for real. He probably has a chalice with Bud, spelled out in jewels and diamonds. Because no true pimp. You, if you, you, don't, you drink from a chalice if you're a pimp. Coming up next, Tommy so, Tuber. So, okay, so what's the comment that got him suspended? I'd like to know.
I'd, I'm serious. I'd really like to know what was uh, what was the bad comment there. What was the comment that uh, merited a suspension? Oh, because he he said pimp in association with Bud Selig. Bud Selig is a pimp. Bud Selig, the fact that this guy is getting eighteen point five million dollars a year, and really um, has seen he's one of the. Um, well, I'm not going to say he's one of the worst commissioners ever. I'm just going to say that he's certainly had the most controversy surrounding his tenure as commissioner out of any commissioner that's ever presided over any professional sports league during that time. Uh, then I'm going to have to say that there's there's an issue here. People are going to have a problem with somebody making all that money when they feel that maybe the sport took some major strides backward or that there was a, a, a lot of scandal that went on in the sport under his watch. A lot of bad things happened under the watch of Bud Selig and people might want to try and have some justification for why the dude is suddenly getting $18.5 million in a year. I, I thought that those comments, uh, so that was uh, Scott Van Pelt of ESPN Radio. As a result of those comments, he got suspended. And the only reason I can think of that he got suspended is because ESPN has a contract with Major League Baseball. They broadcast Sunday Night Baseball, Wednesday Night Baseball. Sometimes they do games other times. They also have uh, some of the playoff games. Um, so I could see why maybe uh, there'd be a, an interesting little uh, conflict there. <clears throat> Well, we don't want to upset the commissioner. What's the commissioner going to do? He's going to pull the pull the uh, the contract from ESPN. Where's he going to go with it? Well, there's plenty of other major sports networks that people all know about. Why there's Versus or the Outdoor Life Network. We could take Major League Baseball over there. Look how well it worked for hockey. Uh, ew. That wouldn't work. Why are you suspending this guy? What did he say? And then if that wasn't bad enough, then they also suspended Tony Kornheiser, host of Pardon the Interruption. Now, many people um, like him. I, I know there's a couple people that are regular listeners to this show that like Tony Kornheiser. I am not a fan. I don't like Tony Kornheiser. Uh, I think he's, um, again, what's with the ESPN having a lot of guys comment on sports that don't look like they've even handled a football, a baseball, a basketball. They probably haven't even seen uh, uh, any time at all in their life on a playing field. Tony Kornheiser looks like that guy. And yet here he is. He has a column. He has a show uh, on, on ESPN radio in uh, where? Is it Washington, D.C.? It's somewhere. It's 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 somewhere in, in the eastern seaboard. I can't remember where. I, I was pretty sure it was uh, D.C. And uh, he's a contributor to ESPN. He has the, the show, uh, Pardon the Interruption. I mean, that's a, it's a hugely popular show for some reason. I'm not a big fan of it myself, but people like it. And I'm not going to besmirch the guy too badly. I, I mean, he has said some things that I, I agree with over the years, but... I just, I don't know, his delivery or something about him just always, has always rubbed me the wrong way. That being said, so Tony Kornheiser last week talks about anchor Hannah Storm. Now, I don't know how many of you even remember, but Hannah Storm used to be the anchor for the NBA on NBC uh, many years ago. 
back in the nineties. Yeah. Back when, uh, back when, man, the NBA on NBC, that was a big deal back then. They had high ratings and that was back when, you know, basically the same five teams were always on the bulls, the magic, the Suns, the Lakers. And then usually it was like the rockets because they had Akeem Olajuwon. So that was pretty much it. But the NBA on NBC, oh, the Knicks, of course. So I guess about six teams, really. Yeah, the Knicks were always on. And even though the Knicks, you knew the Knicks were always going to suck. For some reason, because it's the New York market, we have to have the Knicks on. We had to be sure to put Patrick Ewing on there, even though um, I went the first, the next time that uh, anybody on the Knicks hits a big shot, in a big situation, that'll be the first, except for John Starks. Yeah. So anyway, Hannah Storm, she's now an anchor on Sports Center, and Tony Kornheiser said about her that he was just ripping on her wardrobe selection, and that he doesn't understand why a woman who's in her late forties would be wearing mini skirts or, or short skirts and have uh, a, a, such a tight shirt that it looked like sausage casing on her. <laughs> that was his words exactly. He called it sausage casing. And I agree. I, and to a sense, and plus she wore these horrible boots. It's like red boots or whatever. And far be it for me to ever comment on somebody's fashion. But he was right. Listen, I understand. You know, she wants to go on there and look sexy. See, here's the, again, the problem is you hire guys to have an opinion and to make statements. And then when they do, you get mad and you suspend them. Everybody wants to be edgy. Everybody wants to push the envelope. And then when somebody actually does, they push the envelope. I mean, barely at that. Then you go and turn around and suspend them or fire them. And Tony Kornheiser, he said nothing that bad. Hannah Storm uh, laughed about it. In fact, she took those awful boots of hers and she put them up for auction on eBay with the money going to a charity. So she was good-natured about it. We have the extended dance mix version of this, apparently. Yeah. In case you were wondering whatever happened to the NBA and NBC music, uh, we have it. We got the whole reel of it, apparently. The the endless reel of, uh, of NBA and NBC music. It's a long tune. It's even longer than the... Um, than the full mix of the uh, WKRP in Cincinnati song. I think we have that. It's We have to keep it on a separate hard drive, though, because the song is so large. It has its own hard drive. One of those... Uh, one of those 10 terabyte drives. 
right. Since I since I mentioned it, it's only fair I play it here. Most of you, if you remember WKRP in Cincinnati, you know it had a short theme. Well, this was the this is the full version of the theme, apparently. If they did this, the, the, the entire show every week would just be the theme song, which I think would be a great show. Here we go. Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me. I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. Cincinnati WKRP. You know, it sounds normal. So we could just sit here and have a conversation. I could talk about the entire dialogue back and forth between the Democrats and Republicans today. We could probably just talk about my life. Well, I was born in uh, Crookston, Minnesota, December 8th, 1977. And it, was, uh, it was a cold, blustery evening in northwest Minnesota. Hardest thing I ever had to do. And as the fact that I know all the words, even to the extended mix, makes me the Uber door care. The price for finding me was losing you. Yeah. Memories help me hide my lonesome feeling. Far away from you and feeling. Only on this podcast will you get the entire mix of WKRP in Cincinnati. Take good care of you, I've got to go. Oh, if you if you were wondering if there's a, a bridge in this song, well, there is right here. And there's more. <laughs> but now it must be over, right? Nope. <laughs> Baby, if you've ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm listening to this long ass theme song. Cincinnati WKR. Wow. I didn't doctor this in any way. I want to point that out. I'm going to go for a beer. Anybody want one? I'm WKRP in Cincinnati. And then for some reason, it just, it starts all over again. Just kidding. But no, that was that was the full version of that song. Unbelievable. Let's check in on that uh, NBA and NBC theme, though. See if that's still going. Hold on. Yep. Well, they wanted to do that just in case. Um, just in case Magic Johnson was still uh, trying to tie together one of his ridiculous analogies why the Suns weren't going to win in the uh, in the finals. Well, see, Bob, I gotta tell you, uh, Magic Johnson as a color analyst was, was there a worse color analyst than that? I mean, I know Bill Walton re received a lot of crap. Throw it down, big man. Richard Jefferson, what an outstanding human being. 
if Richard Jefferson played against Jesus, I would have to say, if they played horse, which is a game named after my face, if they played horse, Jefferson would win. That's my analysis. Well, you thought the song ended, but it did. <laughs> Richard Jefferson, what an outstanding human being. Throw it down, big man. Marv, that's the price of playing in the Western Conference. All right, we'll check back in on that theme later and see if it's still going. Meanwhile, uh, we got to take a break. And then when we come back, maybe we'll have more TV themes. Because I'm sure, I'm sure you're wondering if there's a, if there's a theme longer than the, than the WKRP. You know, that's a three-minute song almost. That's almost a three-minute song for the WKRP theme. Welcome Back, Cotter doesn't really count because I, I, that was actually a real song. The, the Welcome Back Cotter song, that's actually, um, that's John Sebastian. That was actually a hit song, though. Uh, let me see if we, I know we have that. Unless that was on the other hard drive. Here we go. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, See, this is a legit song. But, you know, even though this was a legit song, this is shorter than the WKRP song. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Welcome back. Yeah, see? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. Uh, we'll be back. It's uh, Michael Graf in exile. I don't know what even we're going to do in the, in the next segment. We'll just play more TV themes. Screw it. I had other show prep in mind. I had show prep in mind, but I'm not going to do it now. I'm going to talk about Richard Jefferson and my son, Luke Walton, who apparently bangs very hot chicks. You know, when I played for the, for the Celtics, Larry Bird once told me, you're one ugly son of a bitch. And I said, throw it down, Larry. My dialogue never makes any sense. Well, I'm doing a Bill Walton impression. I even do some of his facial tics. Jefferson, Jefferson, Jefferson. 
I don't know. I, I don't know that when I developed my Bill Walton impression like ten years ago, he was he was just busy fawning over Richard Jefferson. That's why. Now he plays for the Spurs, and I think when you play for the Spurs, that makes you an outstanding human being. Tim Duncan and Richard Jefferson, if they were to be homosexual lovers, they would be awesome together. Cute couple. True, throw it down, gay men. <laughs> Did we just take the break? I don't know. I suppose we probably should. How is this for a break? We'll just do a cold. We'll be back. Third and final segment. Michael Graf in exile on a Thursday. I think I got the Bill Walton impression out of me. I think I'm done now. Andre Kirilenko is an amazing player. He's amazing. You know what amazing rhymes with Beijing? <laughs> I keep telling you, nothing I say makes sense. But it does. If you escape to a zen place. Anyway, uh, we're back. Mike at KMGX.com, the email address. See, we, we, uh, we, we came back with a TV theme, but see, that just, that just didn't flow for me. We have a mulligan on that. Can we try again with something else? There we go. Now, see, I think this is one of the best TV themes ever. It's got everything. It's got the cheesy 70s wavering synthesizer, the, cla the fake clapping. I love it. Tic-tac-doe, by the way, if you're wondering. The best was when Wink Martindale was the host of this show, though. Wink Martindale, uh, let's talk about pimps. Wink Martindale is, uh, well, growing up, it was him and Bob Barker, and uh, and uh, that was about it <laughs> in terms of game show hosts. Huh? Chuck Willery, yeah. He hosted a bunch. Jim Perry, he hosted uh, Card Sharks and Sale of the Century. I remember that. And I didn't host any game shows. Richard Jefferson. Let me tell you what Richard Jefferson did for me. Apparently, we can't say that on the air. It's slander. Years ago, years ago, we used to have all the all the little cues that they had on the show Tic Tac. We used to have a whole bunch of game show uh, extra stuff. We had like Bauderskatch from different game shows. We used to have like the 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 theme that they would use when they'd go over and, and do the bonus board with the dragon and all that stuff on it. I wish we still had that. 
We could recreate that. See, Bill Walton could be the host. Anyway, um, so here's something. This is a creepy story. You know, in a way, I'm kind of jealous of this guy. In a sense. A 47-year-old repairman whom police described as a practiced seducer slept with at least 26 women over the last six years, police say. Yeah, I know. When I first, with that opening paragraph, I thought for sure, Jeff, it was Tiger Woods. But, you know, as it turns out, Tiger Woods isn't 47 or a repairman. But that could have been his cover. Hey, it's Tiger. I mean, it's it's Jose, the repairman. A website provided the introduction, and uh, this guy, his name is Tony Perkins. Um, Perkins skillfully used the women's profiles to flatter them. But if Perkins ever revealed anything about himself, he always left out one important detail. And, and uh, Jeff, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just, since, since he's under arrest, I'm going to give you the opportunity just to, just to take a quick guess as to what the detail that he left out was. A woman? That he was a woman? No. Good guess, though. Mm. I, I think, I think the, the, the best way to handle it is like this. <clears throat> uh, like this. Okay, it won't work. Well, that, there goes that bit. <laughs> wah, wah. Yeah. Anyway, as I was trying to say... <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. No, the, the answer is this. You oh, have AIDS. Yes, I hate to tell you, boy, that you have AIDS. Oh, you got the AIDS. You may have caught it when you stuck that That's filthy. Horrible, that is horrible. Or maybe all that unprotected sex. So this guy had sex with 26 different women and he had AIDS. Yes, you have AIDS. Not HIV, but full-blown AIDS. I think sure that you see that's why he got arrested. This is not HIV. But when no, it's happen? it's full blown AIDS, Jeff. It's, How long, when did this happen? This uh, this happened. All right, let's see. I'm sorry. I wish it over the last six years. Okay, yeah, they made an episode out of this of SVU. Law and Order. You've got the. I thought it was just somebody making it up. I didn't think it was. No, this is apparently a real a real thing. You know, we used to get hate mail every time we played that You've Got AIDS thing. That's... Every time. Anyway, this guy, uh, Tony Perkins, he pled guilty Wednesday in Johnson Superior... <clears throat> in Johnson Superior Court to two... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just <laughs> a little little delayed there. <laughs> For a second, I was thinking like Johnson and Johnson. And then, <laughs> no, it's Pecker. <laughs> there you go. Right. Uh, he pled uh, guilty in Johnson Superior Court to two felony counts of failing to warn a sexual partner that he had HIV or AIDS. Sentencing is set for April 21st. He was arrested Friday after a former girlfriend reported him. The case likely is the first conviction in Indiana under a 1993 law requiring people with HIV, AIDS, and hepatitis B to inform their partners, uh, said Steve Johnson, executive director of the Indiana Prosecuting Attorneys Council. 
Steve Johnson and Johnson Johnson Johnson. I was right. Yeah. Go me. Quote, it serves a valid it serves a valid purpose, Johnson said of the law. It lets people know that you are uh, facing prison time if you know you have HIV and you have consensual sex with someone and don't warn them. Perkins admitted having sex with two women, including his last girlfriend of two and a half years, without telling them that he had AIDS. But police said that he the uh, they planned to recommend additional charges after having found 24 other women who said that they'd had relations with Perkins. Quote, they are scared, depressed, embarrassed, Greenwood Police Chief Joe Pitcher said of the uh, past partners. We told them they need to be tested for HIV right away. Any one of those women that uh, test positive should get the right to throw stones at that guy for about a half hour. None of these women, he said, has been diagnosed with the disease. Perkins said that the Johnson County Jail that he has uh, consumed, he said in the Johnson County Jail, he is consumed by guilt and thoughts of suicide for concealing the disease from his partners Though, he contends that he used a condom every time. And as we all know, that is, uh, th- those are 100%. So wait a second. Well, I that. don't understand the problems. I, I was using a condom. So did it say that it, none of the women contracted it? Uh, it says here that uh, the, none of the women tested have been diagnosed for the disease, disease. But as you know, you know, it can take up to. Oh, I got you. So they, they haven't been diagnosed with it because they were still testing. Right. Okay, I got you. I was using a condom. Oh, that's almost as effective as pulling out. Yeah, that's even more effective than pulling out, which is how I am been preventing the pregnancies. And as if that's not degenerate enough, then we have this story for you. And I don't know. I've never, I've never heard of this, but I guess this is this happens. Um, this is from Winston Salem, North Carolina. Yeehaw! A woman who says Campai Japanese Steak and Seafood House in Winston Salem, North Carolina, refused her service, um, and she started a petition to boycott boycott the establishment, but restaurant owners say that they refuse to serve her simply because she's such a poor tipper. Yeah, because, you know, you can do that. Monica Covington said that her spat with the restaurant began in 2008. Quote, I noticed on our ticket that they added 18% gratuity and there was only two others with me at the time, Covington said. The restaurant menu clearly states that a 15% gratuity will be added on parties of six or more. Covington said that she complained, but paid anyway. When the restaurant, when she uh, returned to the restaurant a month later, Covington said that she was informed that she would have to pay an 18% gratuity if she wanted to dine there. Even if she was dining alone, I guess. Quote, before we could even get seated, we got into the door and they came to me and said, if you aren't willing to pay the 18% gratuity, then we can't serve you. Cheap ass. (laughs) Covington said, yeah, I think they forgot to include cheapskate, you, negligent, monster. Uh, Covington said that she felt slighted and decided to start a petition demanding fair business practices. So far, 300 people have signed the petition. Campi manager Michael Lamb said Covington is a poor tipper. 
And after a number of instances of her failing to tip accordingly, the restaurant ran into problems. Yeah, I hate to tell you this, buddy, but tipping isn't a, a, a foregone conclusion. It's it's a dick thing not to do it, but no one has to tip you. Yeah. Last I checked, being a bitch or a cheap bitch. Man, you cheap bitch. Crack ass, crack Last I checked, being a cheap bitch is not a crime. I mean, hell. That's, uh, that's just dumb. That's just the way it goes these days. You're a bad tipper. Okay. Well, we're not. Guess what? Sorry, we don't serve you no more. I, I don't have to tip you. Oh, yes, you do. You eat here, you tip. <laughs> you eat, you tip. And you tip well. You tip well, you fat uh, American. Uh, oh, we pee in your food. <laughs> Because that's smart, you stupid. <laughs> I put your food in toilet and then serve you. Because <laughs> that's smart, you stupid. Winston-Salem attorney Carl Parrish said North Carolina law allows businesses to dictate payment terms up front and refuse to serve customers who don't agree to the terms as long as civil liberties aren't in violation. In other words, if you come in there and you're a black and they, they make you, I'm sorry, sir. Oh, terrible, sorry, sir, but you don't be black, so we going to have to assess you 30% gratuity. And how's, that, how's, how's the food here? Oh, not as good as the place down the street, boy. Not as good as that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not as good as anywhere else but here. You're going to find that we pay in the black people's food, but in the white people's food, they only pay a 5% gratuity. So, I mean, so they basically, there's a, a law there that says that they can make you pay a tip? Well, uh, the, as long as the terms are disclosed up front, wow, that's... they can make you, they, they can assess whatever kind of uh, payment they want on you. Yeah, because you know that's that makes sense. Yeah, that that uh, that does. I uh, yeah. That's that's retarded. You fat lady who no pay. I'm sorry, you pay eighteen percent gratuity. We no serve. But but I just want to eat here. Yeah, sorry. People in hell run ice water. You go now. I throw a ninja star at you. <laughs> Hadouken. <laughs> And various other uh, colloquialisms. <laughs> Just throw it. Whatever. Colloquialism. Colloquialism. <laughs> and you know, I, I must tell you, those prominent Japanese restaurants in North Carolina must be some good, authentic Japanese food. I can only imagine the Asian cuisine in North Carolina just being sensational. Well, of the fifty states, it was voted the fiftieth best. <laughs> <laughs> Which is up from last year as 51st. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we beat Puerto Rico for the best Japanese cuisine. But not for the best Puerto Rican cuisine. That apparently still goes to New York. New York. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Um, so, yeah, so she's, uh, so she signs, a she has a petition. She's uh, got over 300 signatures. And uh, I don't know what that's supposed to do. You bring me a piece of paper that said I'm supposed to let you uh, eat here for us. I say, no. screw you. I wipe ass with it. Give it back. <laughs> yeah. I say they're going to be brown on your paper. Covington insists that the business is discriminating against her. Quote, this petition is to make sure everyone who goes there 
gets fair treatment. Well, everyone does, except you. Apparently. And listen, I agree with you. You know, I mean, listen, I'm all I'm good with a business assessing a mandatory gratuity if they want, but they have to do it equally. I mean, after all, isn't there a 14th Amendment that says that if you well, this isn't a law, though. You know, this isn't a law. This is a this is a restaurant that is assessing tips however they want to assess. See, ah, you get into a very this is a very gray area of of law as I know it. I mean, you could have a law in the state that says, well, they're allowed to assess whatever kind of tips they want. But the, here, the problem is, yeah, they can assess whatever kind of tips they want, but they have to do it. They can't just say, well, you're black. I'm sorry. You're going to have to tip more. You're white. You can tip less. You're Hispanic. You don't get to eat here. <laughs> you know, you're Japanese. Uh, we're going to make you eat off the floor and say woof. Say woof. I don't know. Let's just listen to more TV themes here. Hold on. Wait, wait. Let's check in. Let me make sure this... Uh, is the NBA on NBC theme still going? Hold on. Let me pop this up. Here we go. Yep. The problem is we, we once we started, we can't stop it. It's building to a crescendo, though. I think it's going to end soon. I'm gonna go get a sandwich. Yeah. Oh, have you uh, gotten to the uh, the the other Toyota story? The gas pedal thing? Oh yeah, yeah. So here's uh, this is great. <clears throat> Back in 2001, uh, a man was charged with uh, well, uh, he was thrown in jail because. Um, well, the jury didn't quite buy into his story. See, this guy told a, uh, a very chilling story about how the car just accelerated on him. And, of course, everybody said, oh, yeah, right. The car just accelerated. You're expecting us to believe that your Toyota just magically accelerated on its own. Yeah, not going to fly, buddy. Yeah, not going to fly. Sorry, you're in jail. Uh, fast forward eight years later, a jury and uh, court says, you know... You know what's funny? You're, you remember Whoops. that? Remember that Toyota? Remember that story that you told us about your Toyota accelerator? You know, turns out you weren't full of crap. That's a lawsuit. So yeah, this guy is now going to sue. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm guessing he's not just going to take that eight years, eight and a half years in jail and have to pick up the soap every day in good spirit. Well, you know, I, I, I could take it. I, I could take it all in stride, you know. Well, my poop really stride anymore. Cause, yeah, well, my poop hole is twice the size it was when I went in in two thousand one. But yeah. you know, I mean, I'm I'm willing to let bygones be bygones. The upside is my farts don't make noise anymore. And I wonder if they fixed my Toyota yet. Yeah, so uh, I think there's going to be a major lawsuit here, another major lawsuit against Toyota. And there's probably going to be a lawsuit against, well, maybe the state. There's definitely going to be a lawsuit, though. And Toyota's going to have to pay. What's eight years of Your life. potential wrongful imprisonment? What's that worth? I mean, what's a dollar figure on that? We hear about it from time to time where somebody is wrongfully thrown in jail and then later evidence uh, 
um, shows that, gee, he really was telling the truth and either the police didn't do their investigation properly or, well, there was just DNA evidence that's come about and that proves the innocence of the of the litigant. I mean, what's that worth? Sometimes you hear about these stories. Sometimes people people get tens of millions of dollars. This guy is not going to have to. He can buy all the Toyotas he wants. You know what car I really like? Toyota. Well, he's got an out for the next time he wants to run somebody down with his car. Well, it accelerated on me again. You know what? Last time we weren't going to buy this. You know what? We're buying it. But I don't know. How could he have run over 117 people? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, those damn things, they just accelerate on you. I mean, as it is, the federal government, they're sitting there persecuting the, the, the Toyota guy. Literally, uh, the, the head of Toyota's here. Of course, he doesn't speak English very well, so they, they have a, a translator. and you know, It's one of those situations. How, you know how Sammy Sosa suddenly forgot how to speak English in front of Congress? Yeah, this guy, the head of Toyota, who apparently spoke uh, at least halfway decent English a few weeks ago, all of a sudden now he's forgotten how. Hmm. Are your cars just randomly accelerating? Uh, sorry, so sorry, I had no understand. Your cargo vroom. Oh, yes, cargo vroom. All right. Yeah. Well, that's so. This guy, uh, yeah, eight years in jail. That's that's got to be. I, I'm gonna guess. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna put out an estimate right now. We're gonna go with the over under is fifty million dollars. <laughs> and uh, more, more game, more, more random TV themes. Sound, then it's not porn music anymore. It's no. a game show theme. Yeah. Gotcha. It's Match Game 75 either with that. Gene Rayburn. Yeah. Is it either that or it's like a, a porn about a game show? It could be. It's Snatch Game 75. I don't know how anybody listens to this stuff without killing people. I think this is a groovy tune. I really, you know, it makes you wonder, like, when you wrote it, when people were uh, scoring these game shows, they go, okay, let's just come up, let's come up with the worst possible song we can come up with. Then let's and then acid and try to improve upon it. Yeah. And so... Um, but they said, well, I'm sorry, uh, Clay Aiken hasn't been born yet, sir. So they said, all right, well, we'll just go with the typical 70s crap, but we'll make it really cheesy. See, now I'm just stuck playing in our TV theme library here. That's what this podcast degenerates into. It's... Since I can't foresee me ever using these for any kind of a bit, I don't imagine I'll ever put together any kind of bit with, with this kind. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. 
especially now that this isn't even really. I mean, the Monday Night Football theme is sort of similar now, but I don't know. We have to update our library, I think. Most people in the audience, in this podcast audience, aren't going to know half of the themes in here. Or they're just going to shut up the podcast. Well, probably. I mean, at this point, I would. I mean... We are currently experiencing technical difficulties with this podcast. Please stand by. Resist the temptation to tune in to the... The stupid Harry Potter mogul podcast. Do you have the uh, the Let's Go to the Lobby song that they used to play in the theaters? Uh, do I have the Let's Go to the Lobby song? I don't, I don't think so. Hold on a minute. Hold on. <laughs> you will by the end of the night, evidently. I, I will. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, we don't have it now, but in about 30 seconds we will. <laughs> Let's see if we have that. Let me see if I can pull that up. I don't know. I don't know if we can or not. Let me see. Here. Here. Old school. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. I could just see the trailers for the for the time period. Gone with the wind. Coming this September. The Wizard of Oz. A little girl in Kansas with a dog. And now, but she wasn't expecting the tornado. (laughs) She wasn't expecting the tornado. No one ever does. No one will survive the yellow brick road. Bitch. Bitch. All right, well. well any other requests while I'm here? No, no, that was okay. more than enough, actually. All right, well. All right, I'm just, uh, just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> What are we? What the the hell's wrong with us? I mean, really, what's? I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they are. They're like, hey, I remember these shows. This is Rod Roddy speaking for Press Your Luck. A Carruthers Company production. I'm dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, Rod Roddy is dead. He died of cancer. That's very funny, Jeff. Way to... (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we we have that. We have, uh, let's see. Of course we have the prices right. We don't have the new Price is Right theme, though. 
But Drew Carey won't let us play it. How much money? Uh, the serious question I have, these people that score this, how much money in residuals do they get from, from scoring these, these game show themes? I mean, the Price is Right theme is still being used. Maybe not exactly this one, but they updated it a little bit. But how much money does that person make? They probably sold it to CBS for about 10 bucks. Oh, that, that show, that ain't never going to last. It's The Price is Right, 30th Century Edition. With Drew Carey's 7,937th removed grandson, Scott Carey. You just won both showcases. Congratulations. Both showcases. Where's Vanna White? Someone uncryogenically phrasing. Alright. Alright, tomorrow on the show, a special guest host. Um we're, 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 you know, listen, uh, it, it was, it was his birthday. We're, we're granting him his, his birthday wish. He always wanted to co-host a show. And since, um, his first 113 choices, uh, absolutely laughed him out of the, uh, out of the building. Um, and then his next 150 choices said no, uh, somewhere, I don't know. I, I know I was some, one of his picks, or maybe I, I actually asked him if, if he'd want to. And then I gave him 50 bucks and he said, okay. So anyway, uh, no, tomorrow we have a, uh, a co-host on the show. So that'll be exciting. And, uh, and, and yeah, I'm sure Jeff will be here as well. Yeah. So it'll be like, it'll be like having a three man studio sort of, and maybe Johnny will stop by. That could be a possibility. Could be. And then we'll just, pl we'll play more TV themes tomorrow. We'll do this. We'll also play Johnny's rap. Well, yeah. We'll play John's rap. We'll have to dig that up. Yes, dude. Freaking Transformers. Actually, I don't have this song. You don't have this? No, I've got Dare and The Touch by Stan Bush, which were also in the animated movie, but I don't have this one. Huh. This is what? Great White, I think? Or, no, no, no. This is White Lion. Or Lion. Oh, yeah, I, it Lion, I think. I don't That's probably Michael Bay, piece of garbage. Although, you know, what's your face is really, really hot. I actually remember some of the, the, the cast, the voices in this, dude. Was uh, Robert Stack was Ultra Magnus. Judd Nelson was Hot Rod and Rodimus Prime. Of course, Peter Cullen was Optimus. Uh, Frank Welker was Megatron. And then when he died and became Galvatron, it was Leonard Nimoy. Did you did you mention Robert Stack by any chance? Oh yes. <laughs> how did how do we all know this was coming? Tonight, on unsolved mysteries. I'm dead. How what happened on the plane? 
I don't even remember the rest of the plot of that movie, so I just screwed that one up. Yeah, there you go. All right, so that's all coming up tomorrow. Mike at KMGX.com, the email address for this fine program. It's Mike at KMGX.com. It's also the PayPal address if you want to make sure that we never play TV themes on the podcast again. Uh, please send a most generous donation. And uh, we'll be sure not to do that anymore. You'll just hear the dulcet tones of my voice. So it's Unsolved Mysteries. They still, don't they make, uh, isn't there a new Unsolved yeah, Mysteries? It's, um, well, it's it? on, uh, isn't it on, uh, is it on FX or where is it at? Uh, I, I think it might be on Spike early in the morning. It might be. Uh, but I, what is it? How How Linden? Mm. No, no, it's Dennis Farina. Yeah. Is the host of it now. Was it a ghost or a clansman? On the next Klansman. Unsolved Mysteries, the scary door. You've stepped into the scary door. Now, I frequently wonder why my show isn't on in 78 markets. And then what I do is, is I press rewind and I listen to this podcast. I actually, yeah, I actually listen to my show and then I go, oh yeah, that's, that would, that's kind of the reason. <laughs> See, to me, I find if, if only, uh, I don't know, I, I just need, I need to make this show a little bit more edgy. So maybe... We got to have like some red strobe lights in here. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knows. Nobody, nobody knows what we're talking about. That was funny to Jeff, myself and two other people. Yeah, John will probably find it funny. Yeah. (laughs) All right. uh, That's it. Have a great Thursday, the rest of it. We only went two hours with the podcast today. And I think that's... In fact, we didn't even go two hours. In real time, this has been about one minute and 30... Or one minute. One hour and 38 minutes. One minute and 38 hours. And uh, what else? MichaelGroff.com for more information on this program. Uh, Also, you can uh, hit us up on Facebook. I don't have a Twitter account yet, but as soon as I get a Twitter account, you can watch me have an abortion on Twitter. Uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow. People having their abortions on Twitter. Well, not exactly, okay? It's not actually an abortion cam where you get to see somebody mount a hoover and have the baby sucked right out. But it is a woman that uh, she uh, comes on Twitter and lets you know that she aborted her baby and she wants you to be very proud of her for doing so. I aborted my child and I want you to be very proud because it, it this is a big moment in my life. My mom's got to be happy. I mean, I went out and I had I had sex with some guy. Who'd have known that having sex would lead to pregnancy? Who'd have known like, that someone would actually have sex with me? Just yeah, that was the other that was the other mystery. This woman who who thought somebody would have sex with her? You know, I'm still jealous of the 47-year-old guy that got it with 26 women. He's got AIDS. I'm disease-free. I'm criminal. I'm crime-free. I go on I go on the dating sites and uh, 
I don't even get a response. Maybe I need to get AIDS. Or, or some disease of some. Maybe I just need a better rap. Hey, baby. Uh, I'm gonna put a baby in you. I'm gonna put a baby in you. That'll do. That'll do it. And we'll see you tomorrow. Richard Jefferson.